Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 56. How are you doing? We're live from my mother's lanai, still in Naples, Florida. This, I feel like, is like a continuation of the last episode. Because I'm still here. My family just left. And um, still here on vacation. I'm flying back to New York today. And uh, here we are. Here we are. Fact of the day. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, was originally called Brecolin or Brooklyn. Basically, it was, it was Dutch. It was a Dutch word, Brooklyn. It was spelled B-R-E-U-C-K-E-L-E-N. Brooklyn was founded in the 1600s by the Dutch, and it was a farming, uh, far, or I should say founded, settled. The Dutch settled there in six, early 1600s, and it was a farming village. And they had a motto, and their motto for Brooklyn at the time was, in unity there is strength. And I feel like that's kind of still a Brooklyn motto. I mean, now we see signs around Brooklyn that says, forget about it, but that's okay. <laughs> but Brooklyn in Dutch, the translation is broken land. Broken land. So, how are you doing? Are you listening to this straight from the last episode, or is this just a new thing? Because if you are listening to this uh, from the last episode, the last episode I was talking about, um, you know, being in Florida with my family and my grandmother, she's 90 and she's getting older, and... Um, and, you know, she wanted to go shopping every day and all this stuff. And, 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 that, and, and I started to think about, I started to think about, um, you know, what happens when you get older and, and, and you have spent your life taking care of your family or your grandkids and, um, and now you get older and you need people to take care of you. You can't just jump into your, your Mazda and drive on down to Burlington Coat Factory because you want to go scour the women's racks for a few hours. No, you need your family to someone to take you there, somebody, somebody to um, to do that with you. In the case of my grandmother, you know, somebody to help her read the price tags and 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 read the read the clothing labels, and that's where she gets her little high, her little you know, her little hit, her little hit. Um, and it's hard. It's hard for it's hard for. For sometimes for the family, you know, I felt some so much guilt this trip for whatever reason. I told my sister a few times I felt guilty because, you know, I hadn't taken a vacation um, in a long, long time. I haven't gone away in a long time. This is actually my first vacation in three years. I can't even believe it. Three whole years. Because three years ago, I was uh, at a, a different job, um, a different corporate job, and I was there. And I got laid off, and it was really devastating to me because I loved that job, and I was there for a long time, um, and I was—I just loved it. I loved it, and I have, the people that worked there were like my family, and I just—I really, really loved it. And when I got laid off, I was devastated, and then I actually wound up getting divorced. And when I got divorced, I—I I went through that, and then I just stayed off for a little bit. I stayed not working for a bit, and I was just doing stand-up and raising my kids. And then I got another job, the job I'm at now, and then the pandemic happened, and and voila, three years later, and I can't believe the time flew. So this is my first trip in three years, and I had a great time, but um, but I didn't want to go shopping on this trip. I don't even like to go shopping in New York all the time. I don't want to wait online. I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm at the tail end of the millennial generation or something, and I don't want to wait online at stores. I don't want to spend my life shopping. I don't want. I, everything gets delivered. I'm, 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 I've been involved in a delivery culture for the last few years. I mean, you know, Amazon's overnight, rent the runway, clothes deliveries, couriered to the house. Um, I don't buy clothes. I rent them. You know, it's like what you know. So uh, it it. it you know, it's a whole thing. 
And so I don't want to go to these stores and schlep. Don't get me wrong. If I need something, I'll go. I'll go to the store. If I want to do get my bargain hunting high, I'll go to the stores. When Lomans was open, I'd love a good fight over, over a designer bathing suit. But, but, but no, I just don't want to do that. So I felt so guilty. My grandmother, she would wake up in the morning, sit on the lanai, have her coffee, and then she would say she wants to go to TJ Maxx. And, ugh. Oh, really? You want to go to TJ Maxx? It's 90 degrees outside. People are half-vaxxed here. You don't really have to wear a mask at the beach. Or we could go to the beach in the clear blue, beautiful water, and we could see the water. Or we can go for a walk. Or we could just go sit on the water at a nice restaurant and just live our lives. I don't know. I've been living in an apartment for the last God knows how long. Under, uh, you know, locked up in quarantine. I want to live. I don't want to go into fluorescent lights in a poorly air-conditioned store and look at... DKNY sports bras that are that with price tags have fallen off. I don't want to do it. But what do you do? What do you do? You have to, you have, you, it's like, you know, this is just what you do. Sometimes these, uh, the older people, I'm not saying my grandmother, but just in general, it made me think about that. Um, just how the, the, the older you get, the more you realize how little of life is in your control. Just in general, just in general. Like sometimes I think, God forbid something happens. You know, I could go tomorrow. We never know when our last day is going to be, right? And and that's out of our control most often than not. But in terms of just aging, just getting older, as you if you are have the good fortune of living till you're ninety years old, you're bound to lose some of your stuff. Maybe your hearing and your vision or your your walking, whatever. And so when you realize that you're losing all that control, when you stop driving or when your license gets taken away, your car gets taken away, we've all heard these stories here, that you take the mother, the father's car away, and all of a sudden they might pass away soon because, because they feel like that was their freedom, you know? So it's like sometimes what maybe could seem as like unreasonable demands might be, might be their way of trying to exert control. And, you know, also I thought, well, <clears throat> is... Is the is the is the request of 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 set, making a demand or saying I want to do this and this is what we have to do today or I want to go here this is what I really would like to be doing is and then having everybody go along with it does that is that action that ask that demand whatever that is does that feel as vital and important as just the younger people around them I don't know just a thought. It, it, it's just a thought. And, you know, I'm not my grandmother, not my grandmother. She's positive. But uh, when I was young, I worked in a nursing home, uh, community service, and I was 15. Thanks, Mom. That was a hoot. No paycheck. Wow, great. I was there playing bingo and uh, doing nails. But but um, I know when I worked there, there were so many people. They were like curmudgeons, these older people. I mean, some of them were batshit crazy, don't get me wrong, running around saying, Ronald, where are you, Ronald? And it's like, your husband, Ronald, died 40 years ago. Hate to tell you, ma'am. But... <clears throat> But, um, but some of them would just, they would go around like curmudgeons and were they curmudgeons because they had family and they just got, they just had to be in the nursing home and they, they wanted to be home living their life or were they curmudgeons because they just feel that life handed them a bad hand or whatever. But, but, uh, when I really started looking into it, I, uh, I read that, um, there's in your brain, the, the, the frontal lobe of your brain as that ages, it deteriorates. As you age, the frontal lobe of your brain deteriorates. And that presents apparently as 
curmudgeon-like behavior or causes curmudgeon-like behavior. Um, you know, so basically, I don't know. When you uh, when when you're with when you're with somebody old and they say and you sit in at the diner and they're like you know what I'm just gonna take the fork and knife because you know I deserve it and then you're like what do you mean you deserve it you're crazy taking and you're swiping forks and knives and putting them who wants that dirty silverware put it back and they're like no I want it because you know I I God forbid I have anything nice that kind of curmudgeon behavior that could maybe that could be because there's some deterioration of the frontal lobe who knows who knows but at the end of the day. <clears throat> I think it's also that these the older people they also just want attention. I, for me personally, I think they they feel that they're losing control of their own life as they realize they're getting older, or they see that their 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 wits are going, or these you know their their the motor skills are going. I think it's that, but I also think that they want control. I'm sorry, not control. Sorry, attention. They want attention from you. I mean, my grandmother, her husband, my grandfather, he died and she was only, I think she was only 54 years old. And she's, so she's lived almost a whole nother life without her husband, you know, alone by herself. She's, you know, she lives alone. She lives in Brooklyn. She, she's been, she was driving up until a few years ago. Now she doesn't drive and, you know, everybody goes and visits her or she spends time at my mother's house and my aunt's house or whatever. But when she's not with my mother and my aunt or at their house or when we're not, or we're, we're, when the family's not visiting her and definitely because of the pandemic, she's not getting any attention. What's her excitement? Her excitement is watching something on Channel 11, the Channel 11 News or the Tonight Show on basic cable. She doesn't use the internet. She doesn't have an iPhone. She has a flip phone that she's glued rhinestones to and it plays, I think, the Macarena when it rings. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they, they need attention. So, it, so as they get older and they, they make these demands or they insist on certain things happening or things doing, do, people doing things a certain way, <clears throat> i.e. going to TJ Maxx. Well, like I said in the last episode, she told me, stop using so much toilet paper, Elise. You should, it's only three squares per visit. I was like, oh, thank you for trying to control how much toilet paper I should use in the bathroom. Okay, please. I'm a grown mom and I'm a mother. And you want to know what? If you want me to go down to the Walmart to buy my own toilet paper, I will. So I can have control over my toilet paper usage. Thank you, Nani. But, um, <clears throat> but I don't know. Overall, overall... Older people, when they want to do something that they would normally be able to do and they're not able to do it, there's a combined effect of helplessness, I think, and also even some wounded pride in asking, you know, and that in itself makes you just feel, that must make them feel uncomfortable or grouchy, you know? Can you imagine if you couldn't go into the refrigerator and grab a can of soda and open the can of soda yourself? You have to go and ask somebody, anybody, your great-grandchild, your grand, whoever, can you walk to the refrigerator and get me the can of soda and then open it? You know, I mean, that must just be so frustrating. I don't know. How to care and uh, deal with aging parents and grandparents is definitely a hot topic. I didn't really think much of it because my mother's in her 60s and uh, luckily I don't have to think about that. Uh, my father passed away, so he is not around and I didn't have to um, deal with that uh, either. So this is sort of my first rodeo and it's hard. It's hard. But anyway, that's that. That is that. 
I read a great story the other day about Larry David. You know Larry David, uh, also from Brooklyn, thank you, also from Brooklyn. But Larry David, creator of Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I love him. I, he, he, I was reading this article about him, this funny story. When he was growing up, he was from Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, and his parents, his parents, they wanted him to be a mailman. Isn't that so funny? They wanted him to be a mailman. And he was talking about his childhood um, in, in, in Sheepshead Bay and how he grew up and how he became who he is, how his childhood shaped him to become who he is. And when he said when he was growing up, uh, his parents wanted him to become a mailman. You know, and it's obvious he wound up becoming a comic and yada, yada. But he said, um, but the article was about when he had a Broadway show a, a few years ago, he had a Broadway show. And um, he went back to Brooklyn. He went back to Brooklyn, back to Sheepshead Bay to go see his childhood apartment. And he was standing in the cement courtyard right off the Bell Parkway. And, uh, and he was saying, you know, reminiscing. And he was saying, this was my little world. And he saw the, 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 the identical four red brick buildings standing there, the apartment buildings. And he was saying, when I was growing up and you, and when you wanted your friends to come out, you just scream out the window, come out to play. And he talked about how they used to play Skelly and they used to have uh, fist fights. And he, you know, and, and, and he was sort of, uh, recalling all of these things. And it's funny because he, in the article, he was like really happy reminiscing all about this stuff, but it was, it's totally different than his crabby patty on screen personality. Um, but he, he said that he, uh, he, 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 his, his parents, they wanted him to be the mailman and, uh, and he wanted him to be the mailman and it didn't happen. And he said he took a lot of odd jobs, you know, when he got out of, uh, when he, when he got out of college and, and he didn't know, you know, what he really wanted to do. And then his mother sent him to see a psychiatrist. And uh, he said when he went to the psychiatrist, he was kvetching the whole time. He was complaining the whole time at the psychiatrist. And, 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 then, and, and that was it. That was it. The, 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 the thought of just complaining and sitting in front of the psychiatrist was what stuck for him. And what got him into performing, and he then I think he showed up at a comedy club and and got into uh, and got into comedy, and and that was what he did. He just was he would just kvetch on the stage, and and that was that was the Larry David, uh, that was the start of something wonderful. And can you imagine if the mother didn't send him to a psychiatrist and he wasn't probably laying out on the couch complaining about his life and his parents and sheep said bay and skelly in the street and God knows what he was to, what else he was complaining about and his parents probably assuming that, you know, he wasn't going to do anything grand in life. Not that a mailman's not grand, but you know what I'm saying. If he didn't have that experience, we would have never had Seinfeld and Curbed. I love him. And by the way, let me tell you something. He lived, I heard this, not, not from the article, but I heard this. He lived, he wound up moving into an apartment building in Manhattan called Manhattan Plaza. This apartment building is uh, on 42nd Street and it's for performers. It is for, it's for performers. And there he met um, Cosmo Kramer, who, you know, obviously... Uh, inspired the real the real life um, Kramer, the, well inspired the character Kramer and uh, and he met Jerry Seinfeld in the clubs I think they met at Catch a Rising Star on the Upper East Side but and Seinfeld which I didn't know Seinfeld 
uh, how it's set in Jerry's apartment and the whole thing. That was all based on this building called Manhattan Plaza, um, where Larry David met all these other performers, one being uh, Cosmo Kramer. And I just, I loved that story. And I loved it. And I thought, what a great New York story. It reminded me also of the story of Barbara Streisand working at the Lois King's Theater in Flappish Avenue and how she used to like steal Malomars or something when she would work and watch all the movies. I, I love, I love these old, I love these old stories about New Yorkers, you know, Hollywood, you know, Hollywood New Yorkers, big New Yorkers that really hit it big. And they talk about their, uh, their stories from when they were growing up and their childhood in New York. I love it. I just feel like that makes such a good, um, sense of connection, you know? Anyway, let me tell you, when I'm here in Florida, I was in the bathroom one day, okay? And this is also going to tie into product of the week because I want you to try this. I was in the bathroom and I, you know, whatever, the first day or two, and I look on the counter and it's a big giant jar of cold cream. And I was like, oh God, my grandmother got my mother to buy her cold cream because there's no way she would have smuggled that from Brooklyn. It's a huge jar. It's like, I don't know, like 20 ounces or something. And it made me think, what the hell happened to cold cream? You remember cold cream? You must. I know, because the people, you, that listen, my friends, we are, we remember cold cream, or you remember cold cream. My sister, I have a much younger sister who was not here on this trip. She's in her early 20s. She does not know cold cream. But cold cream, you know, you would... uh put it into, you'd take your makeup off with it. You know, you'd, you'd put it on your slide, you know, you'd, I don't know if you, would you wash your face first? I don't even know. But you put it on your face, you want, and you know, you, 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 you'd slather it on and you'd take a rag and wipe it off. And if you watch Mrs. Maisel, she goes to sleep every night so funny with cold cream on her face. And I got to thinking like, what happened to cold cream? What is even cold cream? And is it good, is it good to still use? And my grandmother, she, she still uses cold cream. She loves it. But apparently, you know, a half a century ago, this was the product for women to use. And you, you used it to remove all your gobs of makeup and the cold cream softened the skin. But when, um, but when you look at the cold cream, so I see the cold cream on the counter. I see this big jar of cold cream. I unscrew the top. I unscrew the top. And I'm going to tell you what, which one it was in a second. You unscrew the top. And it just looks like it's fluffy moisturizer. That's it. It just looks like it's like fluffy, puffy marshmallowy sort of moisturizer. And I literally was just like, is it lotion? Is it makeup remover? I know people used it to remove the makeup. I don't know. One night, the first night I was here, I couldn't find my face lotion. So after I washed my face, I put a little cold cream on, tiny little dot, and I, 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 I put it on my face. I went to bed, just a little bit of dot. The next morning, I told my sister, she said, you use that as lotion, Elise? It's not lotion. You use it to take your makeup off. I said, all right, I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm researching it. I'm researching. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. But this is what it is. It is moisturizing makeup remover. The exact opposite of the, 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 the water makeup remover that everyone sells now. You know, that Garnier water makeup remover that everybody uses, by the way, which is fabulous. Totally different than that. Different than the Neutrogena oil-based makeup remover. This is moisturizing <clears throat> makeup remover. And they were cold cream was designed to remove makeup and smooth the skin. All cold cream is, which I had no idea. I thought to myself, what the hell is even cold cream? I don't even know what it really is. All it is, it's water, mineral oil, and, and wax. That's all like it is. It's all, and that, it's all <clears throat> emulsions of water, mineral oil, and wax. And, that, and it all comes together and it's used to, 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 to take off the, the makeup. So, cold cream. Takes off your makeup. It also moisturizes your skin. I think it sounds nice. I think it sounds nice. The ponds used to make a cold cream. 
because my grandmother used to buy it. I used to see it in her cabinet. Pons used to make a cold cream, cold cream cleanser. And it was said on the, the package, moisturizing, deep cleanser, and makeup remover. It had a green top, but they, they, they paused it. They canceled it, whatever it was. I don't know. It's hard to find in stores, but the one that my grandmother uses is Jergens, and I have it. Um, I pulled it up right here. Hold on. Let me open my Amazon screen so I could read it to you. Because she took hers home with her to New York. Coffee, but she left it here. I guess she's checking her luggage because I don't know how the hell you're taking a 20-ounce big jar thing on the plane. You check in. Anyway, it's Jergens All-Purpose Face Cream, Deep Cleansing Facial Cream. So if you go on Amazon, Jergens All-Purpose Face Cream. <clears throat> Let me tell you what I love about this. I don't love the fact of cold, fluffy, lotion, face makeup moisturizer. I don't love that. I love the packaging. This packaging is so great. And it made me laugh when I first saw it on the counter. It's a white tub and the top has a light pink top and it's by Jergens. And, it, and uh, <clears throat> on the, the uh, packaging, on the sticker, it has three uh, pictures of ladies, pretty ladies, pretty uh, white ladies. One has blonde hair, one has red hair, and one is a brunette. And they're all wearing makeup and you know blue eyes and the lashes and the red lips. And it literally is throwback packaging. They need to have uh, people of color on this packaging. Of course, this would never fly if this was the pa- if this packaging came out today. It doesn't have people of color, and most people don't have you know <clears throat> illustrations of ladies' faces on the packaging because it's, you all of a sudden then make your product so limiting. Not everybody then could feel like they would, it appealed to them. But uh, that's what it is. You can find it on Amazon. Jergens All Purpose Face Cream. Um, yeah, I don't know how much it is. I'm looking for the price. I don't see what the price is here, but. She bought it at Walmart for $3.99. Elise, what a great deal. $3.99, my cold cream, this giant thing of cold cream from Walmart. You can only find it in Walmart. You can't find it anywhere else, Elise. All right. But that's what it is. You use it, clean your face with it, moisturize your face with it. I don't even know. I put it on as a lotion. It, it seemed, you know, listen, it seemed to work for me. Just a little dot, but the cream is pink. It's very nice. It's, a, it's very, it, it, it's, it's very a throw, it's a, it's a throwback thing. I like it. I like it. So anyway, I'm so happy that I was able to do this podcast this week and not skip episodes because I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to get into next week. I'm going to have a whole nother thing next week. Um, my babysitter uh, hasn't been feeling well, so I hope everything is okay with her. I hope it's nothing coronalated. So more on that next time. But I wanted to close it out with a quote. And this quote, um, I don't know who it is from. I have no idea it's from. I actually saw it online somewhere and I just thought it was great. And it said, there's three things in your life that you need to keep private. The three things in your life to keep private is your love life, your income, and your next move. And I just think that's great. I'm Elise DeLucci, live from Florida. Thank you all for listening. I cannot wait to see you all in person. And remember, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow me on TikTok. You can follow me on uh, Instagram. And I look forward to talking to you all very, very soon.